This is the Modern Stoicism Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for a special announcement. Joining me on the podcast today is Tara Clippert. Tara is a digital marketing specialist, a registered health and nutrition counselor, and she is the owner of Foods and Feels Wellness. Tara is speaking with me today from Whitehorse, Yukon in northern Canada. Well, Tara, thank you for being with us on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Tara, you and I met at Stoicon X in the fall of 2019. Um, You had come 5,250 kilometers roughly from Yukon territory to Toronto to be at the um, event. Um, And then you and I met because we we ended up being in a circling activity with a bunch of other Stoics at the event. Um, and we ended up just chatting sort of from there. So, but I've gotten the chance to get to know you a little bit, but, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So I was born and raised, uh, up in Whitehorse, Yukon, which is in Northern Canada. Um, my background in education has mostly been in digital marketing, web development and graphic design. Um, so I've worked for quite a few years in government up here doing online communications. And then about 10 years ago, I went back to school for web development in Vancouver. And at that time, I lived in a house with black mold and uh, I had some really bad health uh, experiences at that time. My face would break out in rashes and my face would be swollen. And so that's kind of when I became really passionate about natural health. And by changing the way I ate and making other lifestyle changes, I was really able to heal my body. And so after that, I knew I had to go back to school for holistic nutrition so that I could help other people who've gone through similar things that I have. And then more on the intellectual side, um, I've always really been a deep thinker. Um, I've always dealt with really debilitating anxiety and depression my whole life, uh, anxiety in particular. And uh, sometimes it would affect my life enough that it was, you know, very hard day to day. Um, many days I felt like I was kind of just barely holding it together and it didn't feel like there was an end in sight sometimes. So sometimes I feel like my whole life has basically just been like a perpetual existential crisis. Um, but I've always been searching for a way of life or some type of deeper meaning and nothing really ever resonated with me. And I mean, I tried a lot of stuff. Like I dabbled in religion. I went to youth groups as a kid. I've explored Buddhism, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, EMDR, counseling, and like self-help books galore. Um, But I honestly just, I never found anything that felt right to me. And so it wasn't until I found stoicism that I really felt like I found something that suited my lifestyle and, and what I was looking for. So how did you first get introduced to stoicism? Yeah, so I like I had actually never heard of it. Um, And one night I was reading a book about cognitive behavioral therapy by Lawrence Wallace, and there was a section in it on stoicism. And there was a couple quotes in the book that I read, and it actually stopped me in my tracks because it resonated so much. And I actually kind of played and replayed and uh, wrote out the notes from this book because I did not want to forget them. And uh, I'll just read to you just so you can get a sense of uh, where it all began for me. So, uh, quote, once a thought has been identified, evaluate whether it relates to something that is under your control, and if it's not, it should be let go. 
Tranquility can be achieved by developing a clear understanding of what is under our control, our minds, and what is not, everything else, and then fully accepting the reality and what results from it. We cannot change what happens to us, but we can change how we respond. Rather than waste energy on trying to control outside circumstances, we should spend that time controlling our responses to those circumstances. Loss is a part of life and can prepare us for it so that we eventually can be okay. Perhaps life won't ever be the same, perhaps it will be harder, and perhaps it will be even better after a while. But just know that we will find a way to continue. Uh, end quote. And so I know when you read it, it doesn't sound like anything like totally earth shattering, but I think the reason why I felt that it kind of gave me this permission to feel more tranquil is that my main fears in life are, or have been, Fear about things that I have little or no control over, but yet try so badly to control. Uh, Fearing bad things happening to me or the people I love and that I won't be able to handle it. Uh, Or suffering from loss that'll leave me sort of paralyzed and unable to take care of myself. And paralyzed, I just mean sort of mentally and emotionally paralyzed. Um, And maybe one chapter of his book, the, the principles basically addressed every last one of my deepest fears And I feel like it just all at once became so clear to me that stoicism was my new life path. Um, So basically from there, um, I just kept exploring it. So by this point, you've um, been reading up on CBT and a number of other practices, um, but you've been exposed to stoicism. So what were your first steps that you took in your practice of stoicism? So after reading the book on CBT and being introduced to Stoicism, I wrote those quotes out from the book right into a Google document. And anytime that I was having a hard day or trying to face a particular fear, I would just pull out my Google Doc and reference it. And I found like, as soon as I did that, I could kind of calm myself down. Um, And then after that, I continued just reading more and more books on Stoicism, basically anything I could find on Audible. I think at this point, I've read maybe 10 plus books on Stoicism. And I just keep finding more. Um, I have to admit that reading like the ancient texts weren't quite as effective for me in terms of like a form of therapy and a way of life. So I really like the application of ancient Stoic principles applied to more modern life in a way that's sort of more easy to understand and implement. And then, uh, yeah, about a year ago, I went to Stoicon X in Toronto. And as you mentioned, that's where I met you and got introduced to Donald Robertson and uh, Mazimo. Piglucci. So, yeah, I, I remember um, some clear moments in the after party where uh, where um, I called I called Donald and Massimo over and I said, "You you guys sit here and I'll bring somebody over." And I think I think <laughs> you were sitting at the next table. So uh, I was absolutely glad to facilitate that. So yeah, I um, appreciated that. Thank oh, you. of course. I mean, um, we're all fans. We're all fans in our own way, right? So. For sure. Yeah. So, how have you involved stoicism in your life now? Yeah, so now it's I, I still read books on Stoicism on a regular basis, basically whenever a new one comes out. Um, I also listen to a lot of Stoicism podcasts, such as yours. Um, I lean more towards sort of Stoicism principles as tools in like my mental toolbox as opposed to, say, physical practices. Um, but that being said, I did once sign up for a Stoic challenge by Ryan Holiday. And so each day we had to do a challenge. And so I did the cold shower challenge, which... I can't remember any of the other ones, but that one, of course, stood out in my mind. <laughs> so now you've been practicing for 
some period of time, um, the, you know, actual stoicism within your day-to-day life. Um, what changes do you think it's brought to your life? Yeah. So I think I've got the, the stoic principles sort of more integrated into my brain and like my regular thought processes now. I find now that I've learned more about stoicism, I'm really able to catch myself more quickly when I start going to like a dark place in my head. I'm really able to reduce panic and high anxiety about things that are out of my control. Um, Not always perfectly, but I've seen a huge difference. Like in the past, you know, a fear could just send me completely spiraling. Um, And now I just sort of like, okay, remember what you've learned. And I'm usually able to sort of uh, deescalate the situation in my brain. Um, I'm, I feel more calmer. I feel more resilient. Uh, I feel better able to deal with adversity. Um, I'm more able to let go of attachments to things now. Uh, I feel more okay knowing that, you know, there will be loss in life that, but I do have the tools to face it and navigate anything that comes at me. I find that I don't obsess quite as much about things that could go wrong. Um, so I've gotten a lot better at dealing with uncertainty, which of course is basically life. <laughs> um, but it's funny. Uh, now I see opportunities for close friends and family to explore stoic principles as well. Um, when they're sharing their struggles with me. So I've been able to share my love of stoicism with everyone around me and also see, you know, start to see the impacts that it has on their lives as well. Um, Another thing I really appreciate is that I don't, like, I don't feel like I have to keep searching anymore. You know, I just felt that most of my life was spent searching for more meaning or something that resonated with me. And I definitely think I found that with stoicism. So do you have a favorite or most regular stoic practice that you perform in your day to day? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I don't have a lot of like sort of physical practices that I maintain, but I'm always trying to learn more about stoicism and I always try and keep it front and center in my brain. Um, I could, I can tell sometimes when I'm not keeping up on that thought work because some of my old sort of mental tendencies will start creeping back in. Um, so yeah, I would say I practice mostly in my brain, mostly just through sort of changing my, my mental responses to particular events. And basically my number one goal is always just to maintain that tranquility that I've gained. So you have been practicing this for some time um, and definitely reach a point where you are applying this in your day to day. Uh, What's next for you in your practice, do you think? Yeah. So lately I've been thinking more about how I can blend my passion of holistic nutrition and natural health together with stoicism. Um, About a year ago, I finished up a diploma in holistic nutrition and and health coaching. Uh, And so... I'm really sort of trying to apply what I've learned in stoicism to how I eat. So I thought I would talk a little bit more about that today, if that's cool. Yeah, please do. Please do. Okay. So I'll just go through some different stoic principles and just talk about how I interpret them and how they can be applied. Uh, So first one is um, living in agreement with nature. And so like human beings are rational animals and ideally rational animals will make good decisions about the food they eat and how it affects their long-term health and vitality. This doesn't always happen, of course, but I think it's something to work towards. Um, And I don't know how uh, the Stoics interpreted this principle, but when I think of living in agreement with nature, I really think of like growing whole foods and like farming and just eating with like the natural cycles of nature. 
you know, when we think about how our ancestors ate, like they didn't have access to factory farms or modern industrial agriculture. You know, their food came from the ground, from the animals that roamed free, that were living off grass and bugs and, you know, like animals have lived forever. And I just feel like how much closer to nature can you get than that? Um, I try to live as naturally and ancestrally as I can. So I follow like a paleo diet and lifestyle. And for me, I think this just makes me feel closer to nature and to our food and animals. And then the second one would be the idea of achieving virtue as the highest good. And when I think about virtue in terms of nutrition, I think about things like, you know, treating animals with respect, giving them humane living conditions, feeding them the food that they're supposed to eat ancestrally and not the grains that actually just make them more sick. Um, you know, respecting their death, using food as nourishment as opposed to, you know, for sports such as hunting or when we eat it for fun or entertainment. Um, you know, growing your own food, creating community around food, sharing your abundance of food with others, um, using regenerative farming practices where we actually give back to the earth instead of taking away from it you know, basically leaving our land as healthy and untouched as possible. And then, of course, sharing my knowledge and education with others so that they can also improve their health of themselves and their family and future generations. And to me, this feels like the highest good, or at least my highest good. And then the second or the third one is uh, self-discipline and temperance. And I think this one is a little harder said than done. You know, the Stoics talk a lot about self-discipline and temperance, and we can absolutely apply this to the way we eat. Um, I think they can teach us a thing or two about eating for nourishment as opposed to for fun, um, or eating only until full as opposed to until you are so stuffed that you just feel, you know, guilt and shame over it, and then you just repeat the process. So I think there's something to be said about stopping when you're full and feeling that satisfaction that comes with the practice of moderation. But like I said, easier said than done. Um, and then the fourth one is living the good life. So Stokes talk a lot about living the good life. And you might be thinking, if I'm just eating healthy and I'm not eating all the junk food, it won't feel like a good life. You know, it feels sad to like let go of all these delicious, you know, rich foods that we like to enjoy. But I think that's where we have to challenge those thoughts. Um, I admit when I started eating healthy that I was a bit bored, but I really learned, you know, all of the different flavor combinations and which herbs and seasonings go with what. And, you know, I've learned that you can absolutely feel satisfied and nourished at the same time. And as an added bonus, you're also improving your long-term health at the same time. So to me, that sounds like the good life. And then the fifth one Letting go of what you don't control. So I think this is probably the biggest stoic principle that really resonates with me. But when I think about uh, applying it to nutrition, you know, everyone knows that when you're trying to be healthy, lots of things can throw you off. You know, life throws many things at us. We just have no little or no control over. And I think it can be easy to make excuses about why we can't eat healthy, you know, because this happened or that happened. Um, and we need to know that things will happen that will try and throw us off, but that we do have what it takes to press on. Like nothing will ever go perfectly. And we know that. Um, but it's good to remind ourselves that we can stick to our goals no matter what happens. You know, we cannot control what we experience or what happens to us, but we can focus on what we do control. 
which of course, knowing from the Stoics is, you know, our responses to these events and the decisions that we make. And those decisions include what we eat. So with that being said, you know, nobody's perfect. And even if we do eat unhealthy one day or when we're on holidays, you know, we also need to let go of the fact that we can't change it or control it after it's done. So we shouldn't beat ourselves up. But all we can do is just sort of let go and know that the next time we can make a food decision that we're going to try and make the right decision. And I think every new choice is an opportunity. And another thing to remember is that although we can to some degree control everything we eat and put in our bodies, we also ultimately don't control our future health outcomes. And I think from stoicism, we can really learn to sort of let go and accept whatever happens knowing that we did our best to make the right food choices. And then, of course, the Stoic principle of taking action. And so on that note, I think that note, Stoics can teach us a lot about taking action because we can now let go of what we don't control and we can fully focus on what we do control, which is our actions. And we can decide to choose healthy food when we go to the grocery store. We can decide to support local farmers who are doing their part to keep organic farming and regenerative farming practices alive. You know, we can decide to cook at home and make our food from scratch. We can decide not to eat fast food or support large food corporations who really don't have our best interests in mind. And we can decide to get back on track if we've eaten badly one day, one week, or like even months or years. Like at any time, we can decide to take action. And even if we've eaten unhealthy every day our entire lives like we we just we have the full ability to change that even if we've been diagnosed with a disease and say doctors say that there isn't much you can do for it I still believe that there are always changes that you can make to your diet and lifestyle that will help your health outcomes and on the topic of ancient Greeks uh, Hippocrates said let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food and I feel like we've certainly got away from that over the years, but we can take action on it today, I think. And then the last Stoke principle I want to talk about is turning obstacles into opportunities. And so if anyone's read uh, Ryan Holiday's book, uh, The Obstacle is the Way, this will sound very familiar. Um, I think back to when I lived in the house with mold and when my health really tanked. Um, at the time, it felt like a massive obstacle, but you know, looking back, I think if it had never happened, I may not have actually become so passionate about nutrition. Um, I may not have dedicated my life to healing my body and now to be sort of helping other people heal their bodies through food as well. And if you think about it, um, it was maybe a blessing in disguise that led me down the path of like what I'm really supposed to be doing in life. And so I just think to the audience, like if you've had adversities, health related or not, just think of it as an opportunity to make a massive change in your life and help other people in the process. Um, I was also born without my left hand and I spent years, like years, torturing myself over it. You know, the whole why me, this sucks, my life is screwed. Um, and I focused so much on how horrible it was, but as soon as I could let go of the fact that I had no control over it, I actually discovered that it really made me a very strong and compassionate and empathetic person. And now I really want to inspire other people with disabilities or differences that they're trying to overcome uh, just, you know, to keep going and just keep trying and do your best. And, and I think uh, you'll come out 
on the other side, a better person. So what would you say if you had to kind of sum up the topics you've covered right here so far? Yeah. So I would just say, you know, do your best, eat healthy, but just know and accept that your life and your health is ultimately out of your control and that whatever happens in the future, you can live with it and you have what it takes to face it. But hey, like I think eating healthy will likely work in your favor. So I think if you eat healthy, you'll probably have less to worry about. (laughs) So Tara, you've um, begun uh, to walk down the path of creating um, an avenue for people to find out about eating healthy. Um, You have a YouTube channel that's been started. Is that right? Yep. So uh, certainly um, I will provide links to that in the show notes if anyone wants to check that out. I think uh, first video is either coming out soon or has already been released. Yeah. And I'm also super active on uh, Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook as well. So you can find me all over the place. Okay. Well, I will definitely make sure to add those links in the show notes so that anybody listening has the ability to reach out. Great. Well, Tara, I think we, uh, we can wrap that up here today. So thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. I'd like to thank Tara Clippert for being with us on the podcast today. If you'd like to find out more about Tara's work, check out her website, foodsandfeels.com, or you can find her on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Foods and Feels or Foods and Feels Wellness. You can also check out Tara's new YouTube channel, Tara Clippert Foods and Feels Wellness. Thanks for listening to the Modern Stoicism podcast this week. If you'd like to learn more, head over to modernstoicism.com where you can find articles, courses, our Patreon, and other resources. This week on the Stoicism Today blog, Ben Aldridge has written an article entitled Stoicism and Overcoming Anxiety. Next week, in celebration of our 10th episode, we'll be giving away two copies of The Meditations of Marcus Aurelius with an introduction by Donald Robertson, signed by Donald Robertson, and a copy of The Philosophy of Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, signed by Donald Robertson. Stay tuned for details next week. You've been listening to the Modern Stoicism Podcast, the official podcast of modernstoicism.com. Check out all of our episodes at modernstoicismpodcast.buzzsprout.com. And if you like this content, consider rating us or giving us a thumbs up on your podcast platform of choice. You can also find us on Patreon, where patrons get access to exclusive digital content. All music provided by bensound.com.